Welcome to the C3 Church Global Podcast with Phil Pringle. Phil is the founder and senior leader of C3 Church Global, a family of over 500 churches around the world. We're passionate about bringing you fresh, inspiring devotionals to fuel your day and insightful conversations on all things church and leadership. And it all starts right now. Hi, everyone. Well, what a pleasure it is to be sharing the Word of God in a devotional with you today. I love expository preaching, just traveling through passages of Scripture, meditating on them, unfolding what God is speaking to you, what truth can be drawn out of it. And uh, I hardly know a more delightful uh, exercise than to actually spend time studying the Word of God, praying in it, believing it, letting it shape my thinking. And I'm praying that that will do that here today. We're going through Psalm 84. This is the second in this series, and it's a marvellous psalm. Honestly, it is one of the great pastoral psalms of all the Bible. And it's such a great package covering every area. If you haven't listened to the first part in this devotional, Psalm 84, verse 1 to 4, please listen to that. And then we're travelling today into verse 5. So let's get into it right away. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. Okay, so now this is speaking about a person who hasn't been to church, maybe for a week, maybe for a month, maybe for a year. It's speaking about the Israelites who were out on their farms and they were making a journey back to the house of God for weekend worship or for their monthly worship. It can even speak about those who were coming from the diaspora where they were scattered around the world and in this particular time in Babylon. And so they made this long journey back and there are many Psalms of Ascents that relate to that journey. This is about us making a journey to the house of God. In our particular house, uh, over the years, it was never a question like, shall we go to church this weekend? Well, obviously not. I was the pastor, but even on holidays and in various other situations, it's not a question. It's part of our life. Our, our life revolves around Jesus, His church, His word, His purpose. And when He's at the center of our lives, that's when everything finds its correct order. It falls into place properly. You get a, a synchronicity with uh, priorities and values. And even when trouble comes, you're on a solid rock for moving through the, that trouble. So he says here, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Trusting in our own strength, saying I can, I can do this. And it's, it's a good thing to have faith in yourself. But that faith needs to be in you in Christ. In Christ, I can do all things. But without Him, He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, obviously we can do some things, but in the lens of eternity, the stuff that we do here, if it only lasts in this lifetime, it pretty well amounts to nothing. But the stuff that we do here that echoes in eternity, that impacts eternal life, that lasts forever, those are the things that we really should be devoting our lives here on earth to, not just temporal things. 
So he's saying bless, the blessing of God is going to come upon a person who feels inadequate in themselves, who sometimes feels weak in themselves. Don't, don't despise your weakness. That's an opportunity for the strength of God. Paul said, I glory in my weaknesses because I know that in my weakness, the power of Christ strengthens me. I got to tell you, uh, when I first held an altar call, the first altar call I ever held as a youth leader, I was an incoming youth leader and I, I preached just, ah, it was incredible people. I got to tell you, it, it, Billy Graham would have been envious. It was amazing in my thinking. And I, I closed my eyes at the end and I prayed and I said, God, uh, let me win some people to Jesus. And I said, anybody want to come forward, receive Christ? Not a sausage, people. Nobody came forward. I was so discouraged. I thought, God, I, I can't do this. He said, thank you. I've been waiting for that. And so since then, over these last 50 years, we've seen hundreds of thousands of people coming to Christ. I know who it is. It's Jesus. The first church that my wife and I attempted, it began with 15 people after 30 years, after three years, sorry, three years, we had 30 people. You couldn't call that great growth by any stretch of the imagination. I said to God, I don't know if I can grow a church. I don't even know if I can plant one. He said, thank you. Been waiting for that. That was his cue. So in my weakness, Christ's strength is perfected. It's not because I'm good at anything. It's because He's good at everything. And the great thing about the strength of God is it makes you look better than you are. Remember the, the guy at the wedding in Cana? The cheapskate bridegroom who didn't buy enough wine and they ran out halfway through the wedding feast. Jesus turns the water into wine. The waiters take the wine to the master of ceremonies who says, wow, you're such a good guy, pointing to the bridegroom. You've left the best wine to last. The guy was a cheapskate. He didn't even buy enough wine. It was all probably half rate anyway. But Jesus didn't go, hey, no, that wasn't him. It was me. Jesus left it like that. He made that guy look incredible. And he's done that for all of us. When we come before God, he has imputed his righteousness to us. Undeserved grace. That is how we are standing. Our strength is in Him. Blessing rests on that person who knows that my strength, my goodness is because of the grace of God. He has enabled us, empowered us to be better than we are. And then He says, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. That's so good. That is so good. That's, that's not saying I've made a logical decision. Great decisions are made in the heart. The heart is set. I have set my heart to get to this position, to get to that place, to be in the church. A pilgrimage is for pilgrims who keep walking. People who have said, I'm going to go there no matter what I meet between here and there. So that when I hit a tough time, I've made a precision, a predecision. It's not something I'm going to say, oh, shall I keep on going? I've already made that decision. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to make it to the end. 
And when I have a momentary disappointment, discouragement, lapse, failure, stumble, whatever, I'm gonna get up again because I've made a decision, I'm going to the end. And I made it with my whole heart. I am committed to get there. When Christ reads that level of commitment in us, He can build on it because we've become predictable. We've become reliable. I know predictable is sometimes a word that's synonymous with boring. But in some ways, boring ain't bad. But in some ways, being a person who has a regular routine that keeps you moving forward is good. Just being wild and crazy and doing what is the, in the wind at, at any moment, you know, can make, make you an unreliable person. Have commitments in your life that people know they can trust that you're gonna be there and keep on walking through all the trials. Leaders must have that commitment on the inside of them. Then it says in verse six, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain covers it with pools. Wow. That word Baca means grieving or weeping. So they have met a problem. They're on this pilgrimage to the house of God, but they pass through the valley of weeping. I love it that they pass through. Some people get stuck in grief. Grief is a very bad thing. It's a terrible thing. They can be traumatized by the passing of somebody or, and, and people, all of us face that. None of us are gonna escape a day of grief, a year of grief, but don't get stuck there. Don't stay there. There's gotta come a day when we keep walking. Ezekiel was taken by God to a valley of dry bones. Why are there dry bones, disjointed, dried out in the valley? Because when they got to the valley, they stopped walking. The thing you do with the valley is you keep walking so that you pass through it. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Now, prior to that, in Psalm 23, he had said, the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. But it was in the valley that the Lord and He became you. He came face to face with Christ in His depressed moment. I remember Sheila Walsh saying, I never knew God lived so close to the carpet. She found herself in such a terrible mental state and she was on the ground crying out to God and she felt God there. We find God in the valley if we look to Him, if we seek Him. And as we go through this valley, they make it a spring. It just doesn't become a spring all on its own. You gotta see something wonderful in the valley. The valley can become a fountain not just a dry, parched, riverless place, but actually a fountain of new life can come up in that valley. God has taken us into valleys for a purpose that we would find Him in that place at a level, at a depth that we would never discover Him 
if we weren't in that trial. And He knows that on the other side of the valley are blessings that we will never inherit or get to unless we travel through that time. You may be facing a valley with your children or with your own emotions, or with your own mind, in your marriage, in your church, in your finances. Everybody has valleys and sometimes we can be on a mountain in one area and in a valley in another. We can't let the valley overwhelm us. We actually overwhelm the valley. We make that place full of beautiful springs as we discover Christ in the Word, in prayer. Don't run away from Him in the valley, run to Him. And then it says, the rain covers it with pools. (laughs) How good is this? Okay, so I'm in a valley. I decide I'm going to seek God and then rain comes beyond my control. But because I seek the Lord, because I draw near to Him in that time of grief, in that time of weeping, rain pours out of heaven. The Holy Spirit comes upon me. I don't know a more delightful feeling than just entering into the presence of God and feeling that grace, that anointing coming from heaven. God is so eager to fellowship with you and I. He goes into the garden in the cool of the evening saying, Adam, where are you? He's calling out to you, Barbara, Margaret, Bob, Peter, where are you? And if we're there to say, hey, I'd like to walk with you for a little while, God. Put your phone away. Don't get on your device. Leave it at home. Leave everything. Leave your watch at home. Just go walk with God and rain will come on your spirit, on your life, refreshing you. I know we sometimes go to church and want the pastor to put his hand on our head and bring us anointing or revival. We want it to come from a podcast or somewhere else. Maybe if we just just move right past the middleman and come to the Lord Himself, say, God, I want to walk with you. Enter into a relationship, make adva- take advantage of the valley and move into that deeper relationship with the Lord. Okay, they go from strength to strength. You will be stronger next year than you are this year and the year after. You're stronger this year than you were last year. You are growing stronger as you walk with God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we are transformed from glory to glory. We go from strength to strength. The way of the pilgrim, the way of the disciple, the way of the righteous winds upwards. And you you find it might wind a little, have some twists and turns in it, but it's going to take you upwards. The way of the wicked spirals downwards. No matter how, how we try to control life, if our heart is in Christ, we're going to find ourselves getting stronger and stronger. And then it says, each one appears before God in Zion. Finally, you get to church. Finally, you're in Zion. Finally, you're there and we appear before the Lord. He's looking at us and He's smiling. He's looking at you, not with a frown. You're in church, you're in Christ, you're in the Word. He's smiling. He's for you, not against you. The devil would love to convince you otherwise, but the Word says, It's greater than your feelings, greater than your imaginations. It says God is for you and not against you. The last last passage in this, this second part of our series on Psalm 84 is verse eight. O Lord God of armies, hear my prayer. 
Give ear, O God of Jacob. This is bold. Have you ever said, listen to my prayer, God? That's what this is saying. He's saying, hear my prayer, which would mean that there are some prayers that God doesn't hear. And we're not going into that part of the Bible study today, but there are prayers that God will hear, bold prayers. Come before God boldly when you're in time of need, the Scripture says. Give ear, O God of Jacob. He remembers the wrestler, Jacob the wrestler. Not, not Israel who was after the wrestle, but Jacob wrestled with God. And there are times where you'll be wrestling with something. You can't seem to get on top of it. It, it just has you in a hold and you're finding it difficult and you're praying, dear God, I wanna get out of this. I wanna get through it. Keep wrestling. You will win but wrestle with the tools and the weapons God has given you, the weapons of our warfare. They're not fleshy, they're spiritual. The Word of God in your mouth, speak it. There is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. I speak that Scripture when the devil tries to make me feel guilty, when I'm nervous about something. Scripture, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. When I'm fearful, fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. I speak those Scriptures today, after 52 years of following Christ, still these things will try to come against us. And I will wrestle and fight the good fight of faith and find myself in a better position afterwards because the fight strengthens you. We're gonna finish right there. Let me pray for you. Make sure you catch us in the next part in this three-part series on Psalm 84 about the house of God. Father, I pray for every listener today, let the anointing, Rest on them as they travel through the valleys and get stronger and stronger. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the C3 Church Global Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving a review and connect with us on Instagram at C3 Church Global. We hope you'll be back real soon.